I uh, worked all day yesterday, left work last night, hiked into the woods about four miles, swam naked in a mountain stream, slept under the stars, hiked back out and showed up for work today, all barefoot. But just, the f I, you know, as I'm hiking out today, I'm like, you know what? This is amazing. I can do this. Like this was my like after work, before work, like getaway. And yet I feel totally, I could have taken a week vacation. I felt totally rejuvenated. And so I do. That was Wendy Kate Reese, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back. I am your host. My name is Jess. And what do we do here? For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, we bring you people every week who are looking, finding, and living their purpose. And why do we do this? The biggest reason I think we do this, and I find it so deep, deep in my heart, because it was something that I struggled with for so long, was feeling that I was alone in my fears, in my doubts, in my feelings of maybe not being worthy enough to pursue what I really dreamed of deep down inside. So we help to bridge that connection to help everyone understand that we are more similar than different and that our struggles are real and they are the same. They might take different words or descriptions or professions, but our struggles are the same. You guys, we are connected. And so our hope, our dream, our purpose with this show is to bring you into story and share the narratives of people through authentic, raw conversation, people who you may never have met in your life otherwise, to show, simply put, that we are more similar than different. And maybe, just maybe, it will spark something within you to put your inspiration into action. And today, we bring you our new friend, Wendy. And she's not really a new friend because we've been friends with her from afar for several years now. She is the co-owner of Green Goddess Natural Foods Market. She is a mom. She is a community educator. She is a holistic healthcare counselor, and she is a barefoot hiker, which is like my favorite part of the conversation. She has a major achievement in this field, and you will learn about that on the show today. So stay tuned. It's a super kind and sweet and beautiful exchange with this woman who are all of those things as well, sweet and beautiful and kind. And we're so excited to bring her to you guys today. But first, I just want to remind you, oh my goodness, again, I'm reminding you of our September giveaway. But you guys, we're getting feedback from you. You're sending us emails. You're telling us the impact that this podcast is having on your life. And we're just asking, take it one more level, share it with the iTunes world, leave us a review. It really helps out the show and gaining more visibility for what we're doing here and a bigger future for the show so that we can keep it going. The community is growing every week and we appreciate every share and every conversation you have about it. But just take your feedback and bring it to the iTunes world world. And what that's going to do is it's going to put you in the running this month to win a trigger point therapy foundation collection kit. We are partnering with our friends at trigger point therapy, one of our favorite self-care companies, and we are giving away this awesome collection kit. So you can check out all the information on this giveaway in the show notes for this episode on yogitriathlete.com. Please go to iTunes. Just leave a few words sharing your experience 
with the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. It would be so appreciated, you guys. So I think that's it. Let's just dive in and let the conversation kind of speak for itself. So enjoy our chat with Wendy K. Reese. Part of the family, what? the Lake Placid family. Yeah, I know, it's gonna be really hard. You know, if it didn't snow here, we'd stay. We would absolutely stay. All right, so here we are at Green Goddess. We discovered you guys, um, like, probably five years ago. I would say the first time we were up here was 2011 and we were searching for a place to get some snacks and stuff for the ride home. And I remember coming over the hill and seeing it and we were, it was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was like, these are our people. And then since then, there's been no other place we go. This Aww, is, this awesome. is it. Yeah. yeah, this is it. This is. Iron Man, Lake Placid, <laughs> real fuel. Yeah, so it became, I mean, <laughs> and, and I know you from over the years of being here, but mm-hmm. you guys got to know us a little bit, at least by um, familiarity of us coming in here almost every day Absolutely, for yeah. the last <laughs> six weeks for the um, for whatever we needed, but always the vegan, gluten-free, <laughs> chocolate chip, walnut, <laughs> banana bread that I've been eating every afternoon at three o'clock with my decaf coffee. Yeah, that is a good staple. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a brief story about how Green Goddess became your business. Hmm, okay. Um, so Tammy and I uh, were working um, at a vegetarian cafe in Keene Valley. She was my boss, and you know we worked in the kitchen together. And over the course of this winter that we worked together, we sort of started this brainstorm of um, doing something on our own. And I think she was the one who even said it to me initially, like, "I think you and I should be in business together." And I was like, "Huh, really? Hmm, okay." Um, and about a year later, we decided to start um, a food service business. So in Lake Placid, um, we were one of the original members of the farmer's market. So the f- we helped start the first farmer's market in Lake Placid, and we were the um, prepared food vendor of the market with the intention of helping them come up with new ideas for some of these somewhat strange or unusual um, vegetables that were being sold at the market. So that's how we started and we got a following and then we had a couple retail stores who wanted us to wholesale some of our products to them and so we started doing that. And and were you operating under Green Goddess at this time? We did, yes. We started started Green Goddess as an LLC from the beginning. So Green Goddess Foods LLC was our... Who came up with the name? uh, Tammy's husband, Nick. Um, He, the story is he... uh, named it after his favorite sandwich from a cafe down in Albany, which is where they lived before they moved here, called Shades of Green. And uh, they had a Green Goddess sandwich that he loved, and so he thought Green Goddess would be a good name for us. Oh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so from there, from we uh, were cooking at the, there was a local natural food store that we were using their commercial kitchen to cook out of. And the owner of the store approached us after we'd been in business for two or three years and asked if we wanted to buy her store. She wanted out. And uh, we talked about it together and decided it seemed like a natural progression for our business. We were a little bit tired of being transient. So because we were doing markets and festivals and catering events, we were always moving our stuff from place to place. And it, you know, was it's getting a little bit hard so we accepted her offer and took over her business and changed the name to green goddess and expanded our following and have been in a state of expansion ever since so at that point you were were you down on main street we were over um just off of cascade road yep 
um, Newman Road was the name of it. And was it prepared food? So it wasn't the market yet. It was the market. Yeah, it was so the we market. A small natural food store. Okay. Yeah. Yep. As well. And how long were you in that location? About five and a half years. And what was the reception you were? You said that your following was growing, but what was the the reception that you were getting from people in the area? Mm, I think. Uh, from locals, there was a great sort of accessibility piece, like Placid um, being this sort of transient community didn't really have like a strong local food hub. And so we created that here and um, the reception from people wanting local food led us to expand that realm. The supermarkets here have a lot of prepackaged natural and organic food and so even though we carry those products as well, our emphasis has always been on this like connection between local farmers and consumers and us being sort of the middle ground for both of them. And then eventually you grew out of that space. Yes. (laughs) 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 Sounds like there's a little story there. There's a little story with that, but in a sense, yes. I feel like sometimes the universe offers us opportunities that we don't necessarily see as opportunities in the beginning, but are absolutely (laughs) opportunities in the end. And that is one of them, for sure. And then you moved to this location here. Yes. Yep. So bigger store. Yep. Bigger store. The um, really nice component about this space uh we were approached by the developer of this plaza um, who wanted to build a third building he had it proposed in his plan to build three buildings here and uh, but wasn't going to start the construction of that building without tenants and so we stepped in prior to this even existing signed a contract before there was even a shovel stuck in the ground and basically got our choice of our space. We designed it how we wanted it. We picked the square footage we wanted. We picked the window locations. We picked the door locations. We really designed, we wanted this parking lot and this, you know, this sort of nicely um, attractive waterfront property. Uh, so we got to decide all that because there was nothing here. And then because they needed to build the building anyway, the cost of doing all that was wrapped into that um, that construction That's project. amazing. And you got your kitchen for the Scape Cafe. Yep. So we designed the kitchen and the cafe and we're able to put that where we wanted it and design that how we wanted it. So we had more freedom than we ever thought we would have. Um, I want to say the accessibility because we've been living in town for during the Ironman, but the accessibility to this location is phenomenal. So that's a mm. reason why we would Great. get hop in our car and jump over here because it was just, it's super easy. Awesome. And downtown can be so mm, congested. Congested <laughs> a is a good word. Yeah, Street. for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like our local clientele really would not have been happy if we had moved onto Main Street. I think that like being able to like sneak in and sneak out of here during busy times mm-hmm. like Iron Man is a great asset to our store. Yeah. Just doing a little research, you guys were both part of a recent award, the New York State Small Business Person Persons <laughs> Award. Um, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> this year it was in 2016. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, so what's the experience like? Did you guys um, accept the award in, at the Capitol, or what was, what was uh, involved? Well, uh, funny enough, New York State decided to celebrate their um, award ceremony the same exact day that the national awards were um, awarded as well. And so because Tammy and I were business persons, we did what we do best and we sort of divided and conquered and she went to Washington DC and uh, accepted the award there and we were nominated we were up for um, 
the national award as well and so we wanted to have representation in Washington DC in the event that <laughs> we were chosen which we weren't but that's okay um, and then New York State wanted uh, a speech from one of us so I was nominated to be the speech <laughs> giver <laughs> and so I went to Albany and uh, accepted our award on that day so we weren't together but we were together <laughs> that's so cool now were you did you have to be nominated for that or yeah we did so um, there's a regional um, small business development center up in Plattsburgh and they nominated us. It was a pretty lengthy application process including having a look at all our financial records and our history and um, our community service and it was pretty involved and so um, from there they nominated us for a regional award which includes what we were told everything north of New York City and east of Buffalo so pretty big region. Um, they call it the Syracuse region but it's includes all of that and so we won that award and that put us up for the state award nomination and we were chosen to be the state uh awarded business persons of that's the year that's a really big <laughs> it feels <award>. big award <laughs> yeah absolutely like, new york city's pretty big <laughs> and so you mentioned in that uh in what you were just saying about community service yeah. what how are you involved in the community around here how do, how are you guys serving it besides providing an amazing space for people to get healthy foods um, a lot of ways. <laughs> um, they had us limit our um, community service paragraph to 200 words, which they actually had to cut a lot out. And what was really fun for us was just because we had to sort of come up with all of this information, it really allowed us to see just how far reaching our community service is. And when you're in it and doing it, maybe you don't like think of that, but when you put it all on paper, um, you know, the one way that we have a great ability to connect with the community is because we provide food. Um, there are so many events and so many organizations who um, we will donate a platter or service for a particular event, especially environmental events we're really passionate about. And then anything related to children and the arts are also like two other fields where um, we're really passionate. So the local Adirondack Farm to School initiative has been a great way for us to reach out to our local children and our families and our communities and really connect them with eating fresh local vegetables and cooking with them and how to prepare them and really empowering children to um, to have a say in their in their food choices and in uh, preferences yeah and just not in taking away the mystery you had mentioned early on about when you guys first started at the farmers market taking the the local fruits and vegetables and things that maybe people aren't like kohlrabi you know mm -hmm. things that people are like <laughs> what do i do with this exactly and because we always talk about eating the spectrum mm -hmm. so we're completely plant-based and we always get the question where do you get your protein and all of that and it's like if you eat the spectrum not only you're going to get your protein you're going to get everything you need yeah and so taking away that mystery mm -hmm. of how do I prepare this food, but also for kids, taking away that mystery that um, number one, healthy foods can taste really, really good. And this is how food should taste. <laughs> yes. Right. And then number two, so that they, they understand what these things are and that you can eat them raw or this is how you cook them and just educating. It's ne there's never too young yeah. to create a healthy palate yep. or healthy habits. I agree. I really do. It's so rewarding when we are, you know, I go into schools and I teach like uh, cooking classes and or food preparation classes. Um, and there's this stigma that children don't like vegetables. And I have to say that like, I've completely debunked that 
that philosophy because they love them. They crave them. They like get excited for them. But I do feel like some of that is presentation. And if you've got some, you know, frozen thawed, you know, carrots and green beans and peas on a, you know, lunch tray, or you have this vibrant, you know, rainbow cabbage salad, um, absolutely that cabbage salad is going to have more enticement than the the frozen food that yeah and we say that you know we're talking about kids but I think it's I've seen it with adults too and we've done some workshops where I prepare food and people just stare at it they can't believe that (laughs) number one how beautiful it is Mm -hmm. and how good it is it's always shocking oh this tastes so good I can't believe how good this is (laughs) I can't believe how good I feel after I Mm -hmm. eat it and so it's never too early to start the healthy palate it's never too late to start to convert it yep absolutely and so I guess that leads me into, um, you know, we, we live in a, we, we have, we're a very sick nation mm-hmm. right now. And so what do you have to kind of speak to or, or say about just the, the observation of our current food system? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> well, you're going into the schools. Are the schools yeah. already, there's a program set up or are you shifting from their current food service program into... A more healthier option is this something they see every day you know for the I can speak for like our local schools mm-hmm. which is what I get to see on a you know on a first-hand basis but um, absolutely the schools here are shifting in a very positive way and I think you know we have small communities so we have relatively small schools small numbers of students but also like a, a you know community-based uh, parent population and so the demand for change is there and so there are the community is supporting um, these changes, which absolutely helps in having that conversation because the food, there is a cost associated with food and it is usually higher with the fresher and more whole it is. You do need things like more time to chop and prepare vegetables because they are coming in fresh and not pre-chopped in um, in a frozen Ziploc bag. Um, so I think that having that culture is essential. Um, The other thing that I have noticed since I've been part of the farm to school initiation here is that right now it seems to be a lot of um, available money, grant money, um, either from the FDA or the state level that we have been um, graciously awarded for the ability to make this transformation happen. So the Adirondack Farm to School Initiative has received a couple large grants, one from the the FDA and the other from the state that have allowed not just some alterations in equipment. So, you know, things like kitchen knives, you know, they're like many school cafeterias don't have a single kitchen knife because they don't actually prepare anything that needs to be cut. So something as basic as that up into, you know, and it continues going the, the less processed food that you want to have in your, um, in your school, the more equipment you need to process whole natural foods. So we've been awarded some great funding to be able to do that into our into our local schools and that's been a huge piece. And then the other really exciting piece is a coordinator for this transformation because the cafeteria staff don't have time. They're just trying to get food out for the um, for this, the students and even the food service directors are just doing all this reporting and they have all this paperwork that they have to do. Teachers don't have time, they're maxed out. And so we've actually created a two-year part-time position for a farm to school coordinator for, it could be the entire Adirondack region, but any schools that are invar- involved in our farm to school initiative have access to this coordinator that sets up 
demonstrations or you know cooking classes like my own or helps the kids get into the school gardens develops curriculums that tie in with common core things like that that can really help build this momentum and create that like that lasting change that um, I think will have like a big impact on the future so um, current food system big question um, locally I feel like we have this great opportunity to make an impact on our children. But I think, I mean, you're mentioning that you're getting grants from the FDA. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, big picture food system. Yes. There's change. There is change. And I think a lot of people are getting tired of feeling sick, feeling tired, feeling opening up their medicine cabinet and seeing all of these pills that are essentially keeping them sick. Right. If you really look at it. And so just to hear that is so encouraging that I believe that there there is change that people are going to be the ones to determine it by voting with their dollar yep. every single dollar they spend absolutely and yeah. we always say um, you know pay now or pay later <laughs> right and what yep. is more important than the food you put in your body I can't think of anything because it's medicine <laughs> like it can be medicine or it can be poison yeah and so um, I think that that's so encouraging to see that you're getting grants from the FDA. Mm-hmm. Big, big deal there. Yeah. Um, so there is a shift that's happening and we can just keep it going by bringing people like you into awareness and then you guys keep doing it on your level, you know, mm-hmm. regionally and yes. winning huge awards like this. I mean, it's just great. The message is getting out there. I agree. That when we feed our bodies mm-hmm. what they need, that when our, our bodies can gain some balance mm-hmm. and within balance we have the ability to heal yes yeah i believe that you have your bachelor's in holistic nutrition yes and you offer up classes yes. here in the community mm-hmm. so what has that reception been like and, and how does that structure work for or, what, or explain the holistic nutrition yeah. for people who don't understand it okay well my um when i was interested in i should just give you a little backstory in that i um was traveling through central america i was living down there and and sort of seeing um the effect of the american diet on these indigenous cultures and uh, i felt like i wanted to be part of uh, a change in that conversation and so i looked into nutrition programs at a variety of different schools and uh felt like a traditional nutrition program for me would be a little bit limiting i do feel like um, food is energy, but so is uh, our environment, and so are the people that we're around. And I just feel like to just focus on food or just focus on calories of food, I have a philosophy that calories are not created equally. Um, and so I needed a holistic program to sort of feed that that um, uh, philosophy that I already felt. And so I found a great uh, distance learning program. So I was able to stay in Central America and get my bachelor's degree from a um, school or from a college in the United States. And I thought that was um, a great opportunity. And, and what was that school? It's called the Clayton College of Natural Health. And uh, um, so holistic nutrition involves not just the food that we put in our bodies, but um, all energetic exchange that we experience throughout our life. You are speaking our language. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big picture. It's everything. It is. It's Every, everything. Everything counts. Mm-hmm. Every thought. Absolutely. Every thought. Every yes. bite of food. Every yep. action you take. Every, yep. Yeah. Every breath you take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all crafts the future. Yep. I agree. Um, so that has so that program enabled me to um, have a degree and get educated in this very broad realm. And then from that, 
there's so much personal education that happens when you're passionate about a field like nutrition, which I also chose because I was like, it's never ending. I will always be learning. <laughs> this is great. And I can learn as well as teach. You know, I can have you know, the reciprocity of both. What is your eating habits like? What Are you a vegetarian? Are you plant-based? Are you kind of, do you kind of eat the spectrum? I know it's interesting. My, my uh, eating habits have evolved um, over time. And when I was in school, I adopted different um, different eating habits based on the class I was taking. So I, you know, did a raw food stint for a while. I did a macrobiotic stint for a while. I did like a whole foods. Um, I've been a vegetarian since I was 15. So through all this, I still had a plant-based diet. Um, and about a couple years ago, uh, I was... Um, dealing with some health issues that I was trying to figure out uh, maybe what they were stemming from. Um, and I was introduced to bone broth and started consuming that after a lot of deliberation philosophically about what that meant and decided that as part of an educator and a, um, a student that I really needed to explore that and see how that worked for me. And um, I have to say that those ailments did disappear. I do utilize the blood type diet as well as part of my practice. And for me, with my uh, blood type being AB, one of the only meats that would be considered quote unquote beneficial is turkey. And so out of this exploration and this need for balance in my life, I have adopted a, I do consume on occasion turkey bone broth and even turkey um, meat itself. But predominantly still maintain a vegetarian diet because I feel the best from it. Like it really helps, helps me feel good. I think what you're doing is setting such a great example that when we classify ourselves so strictly, which is why we tend to use the term plant-based as opposed to vegan, even though mm -hmm. if you looked at our diet on paper, we are vegan. Uh -huh. But that if I woke up tomorrow morning and there was something with my health or I woke up and my body said, you need you know, a piece of meat or you need this, yeah. that I wouldn't close myself down because of this, these borders <laughs> that I put. Like exactly. Mentality. And I think, you know, yeah. we have people on this show that are meat eaters that are plant-based and that, you know, I consider our, ourselves as um, educators as well and that we have to keep that wide open spectrum right. or you nail yourself into a corner mm -hmm. and for some people, they will push through even though they don't feel well. You're and right. I think it's really important, we always say, to find the diet that works well for you. Yes. And because we're always changing, I mean, right now, as we sit here, cells are birthing and dying <laughs> and we are changing all the time, mm -hmm. that you have to have that flexibility. Yes, I agree. And so right now, for me, eating a plant-based, strictly plant-based vegan diet is absolutely what makes me feel the best. Mm -hmm. So here I am now, and if that needs to change, then yep. I need to be flexible. But I have had experience with bone broth as well, hmm. healing um, stress fractures mm. early on in my triathlon awesome. career. Yeah. And at the time, I was a vegetarian and was really having a hard <laughs> time with it. And my acupuncturist was like, what you know how can we get you to do this and I did it and it smelled terrible <laughs> but you know the health of my body was the most important thing mm -hmm. at that point point. Yeah. and so you can take it um, as a blessing 
and receive it as a blessing and appreciate the sacrifice that was, yes. you know, brought into it yep. for you, for mm-hmm. your health. It's true. I feel like the source is really important and then how we interact with that source is also yeah. equally important. Yeah, right? the mindful eating. So let's get back to the classes and stuff that you okay. offer here in holistic nutrition. So mm-hmm. what does that all look like? Well, um, if you check out our website, it's pretty extensive. <laughs> but uh, I have a passion for for teaching and um, it took me a while to like accept that education was part of my uh, part of my path. But we have had the opportunity, Tammy and I, of doing everything from going into somebody's private home and having a group of friends come over and, you know, they're drinking wine and we're making food and it's a very sort of like loose, informal situation to, uh, we actually have done series, multiple series of classes at the Adirondack Medical Center, the hospital here. We did cancer prevention, um, we did heart health, we did eating the rainbow, which was sort of like a colorful, how to get all your nutrients from a broad spectrum of colors. and. Um, We've gone into schools and done, whether for teachers or educators or for students, we've gone into colleges, uh, both North Country Community College, Paul Smith College, um, and then into elementary and middle and high schools. Um, We've done plenty of cooking classes here. The Lake Placid Center for the Arts has a continuing education program and we've offered classes through them. So we really have um, been involved in the education piece since the beginning. That was one of our, at the you know farmers market we were educating customers but then we were also offering these these food classes as well and it's a great way to interact with people on a personal level as well as as sort of like tailor the conversation to a specific subject that people are interested in so you're showing them the how yeah to make it mm-hmm. you're also explaining to them why yep. they're eating these few foods mm-hmm. are most people shocked at what these foods taste like or are they more like well we kind of knew what we were getting into Mm, it depends some people go you know for the idea of expanding their um their repertoire of recipes and so they already have a good foundation and they're just looking to like create a few new things other people are completely like they've come at it from yeah totally floored it's totally new for them sometimes it's a lot to digest both like figuratively and literally at once but um you know years later i'll have some random person come up to me sometimes like on the street and just be like i still make that recipe that you taught me in that cooking class and it's been like we've been doing this for almost 12 years now and and so the lasting impact has been like surprising but really nice it's validating i guess (laughs) i think the interaction so getting in with these people one-on-one or the small groups mm-hmm. is the is the place that we're going to make the most difference so on the ride the high vibe tour that we're on yeah you know we had these big aspirations of doing these big group mm-hmm. like meetings and talks but we're finding it's the individual conversations we have with you or, mm-hmm. or a person down at the at the iron man this weekend that we're finding there's a continued um, connection. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll come back to us on social media and they say, oh, you mentioned that and that's exactly what happened. Like, that's great. And they're feeling that. So I feel like this is aligning with what the Ride the High Vibe Tour is. Um, and it's making those connections, individual connections, and you reap the rewards years later, obviously. Yeah. Yep, it's true. And so as far as what are you seeing around here as, you know, a community in and of itself are you seeing heart disease up here? Are you seeing kind of those standard American diet type related illnesses? And are you seeing those people come to you, come to your classes or working with you one-on-one? Yes and yes, um, absolutely. I feel like, you know, we are uh, apparently, I have heard a statistic that Lake Placid has more cloudy days than Seattle. Um, so we deal a lot with uh, seasonal um, 
issues that because we have these long, dark, cold winters um, that are really difficult for many people to even just be active, much less get enough vitamin D or get enough sunlight or even interact, human interaction can be really um, like affected in the winter here because it is so cold that we kind of do just like run in the store, or run in the post office and then run back home. And um, so I feel like um, those factors do affect our communities, whether it's um, obesity, heart disease, cancer, things like that. Um, I feel like Green Goddess has become a resource for people, um, you know, by offering free, you know, I, uh, we hang up a sign that says, you know, nutrition counselor on staff or on duty when I'm here. And so people have the opportunity to come in and, um, you know, talk with me five, 10 minutes is usually the most time I can give on that level. But by offering private counseling, um, if somebody really has some things they're, they want to work on, we can take it a deeper level. And so many people come in and they're like, my, my friend or my aunt, or we just had these people recently from New Jersey who said their yoga teacher down in New Jersey said when they come to Lake Placid on vacation, they have to come into Green Goddess and talk to me because somehow I made a connection with somebody else that, you know, so I feel like um, it's, you know, having that source for our communities of education and of an alternative or another option for people um, is a huge necessity. And I, I believe that it's having a positive impact. Yeah, those one-on-one -on -one connections that BJ was just talking about, those five, 10 minutes yeah. that somebody comes in here and talks to you and then they go home and then they spread that throughout their family mm -hmm. and then maybe somebody shares it with a friend. I mean, this is how we change the world. Yes. This is how we change the world. <laughs> it's it's the one-on-one -on -one and then you you the give ripple. it away. <laughs> yeah, you give it. And then it, it's gonna, it's like a skipping rock. Like mm -hmm. it's gonna skip as long as it needs to, whatever that chain of, of, um, of effect is gonna be. Yeah, I like and that. all you can do is just put it out there yeah. and then just move on, mm -hmm. right? And so like BJ was saying, we thought we were gonna be doing these like, you know, bigger group events, but we are finding the most potent moments are outside the bathroom at mm -hmm. the campsite. Yeah. You know, or someone saying like, you're just, I just want to be around your energy. Like, what do you eat? What do you do? You know, they want to know, like, how much do you sleep at night? Yeah. Where do you get your protein? All those good questions. Um, but it is, it's those one-on-one -on -one interactions that give us an opportunity to share our gifts because mm -hmm. every single person out there has, we're serving a purpose. Mm -hmm. We have a gift. Yep. And just to find those gifts is to just keep walking in the direction of the things that you love. Mm. Yes, you're right. And so was food something that you've always loved or how did you grow up eating? Mm. So that's a good backstory too. Um, I grew up in a house where um, my mother was very, I can say strict, um, about um, eating whole foods. So I grew up on a completely unprocessed diet and sugar was a big one sugar and white flour were the two big ones for her that like did not exist in my upbringing and uh, to the extent where I would show up at a birthday party and in the 80s birthday parties were at McDonald's a lot of times so I'd show up with this little note and in my little note that I'd hand to my parents my the parents of my friend would be I could have the milk but I couldn't have soda or juice I could have a plain hamburger with no cheese, no condiments, and I don't even know about the bun. And I couldn't have the cake and ice cream that they had. <laughs> and, and so I have to say it was a little traumatizing. Um, and that's just one example of like 
I mean, trick-or-treating, forget about it, you know, like school lunches, forget about it. It was, it was, she was pretty strict. And at the time I did not appreciate it. I will be honest, but I have appreciated every day of my adult life since because what she did create, and she admits that she was a little bit excessive with her, uh, um, with her, her choices. Um, but what she created was like, I don't have bad eating habits. So not that I never have a piece of pizza or that I never have ice, because I do. I consume things, you know, on occasion, but I don't crave, like I don't crave anything bad. Maybe chocolate, but like yeah. this, these cacao beans that I'm sitting here munching on would <laughs> suffice. Like that would, I mean, that's it. Like that feeds that craving if I do have it. And so by being raised on a very wholesome diet without all these like additives, um, she created a, um, healthy habits for me that have made it really easy to eat healthy and like I look for that when I see collard greens on a menu somewhere I get excited <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh collard greens like somebody might for like their favorite dessert or something right, so that, yeah. um I did you know so I reached you know teenage years and had a little more freedom and played sports so I started traveling with the sports teams and we went to places like McDonald's and Burger King and I definitely indulged in Dr. Pepper and Skittles and Big Macs and I you know really binged on a lot of like processed food for about three years or so and that's all it took for me to be like ew like it doesn't have taste it's either sweet or it's salty it's pretty bland and it doesn't make me feel good I actually knew what it felt to feel good at a very young age because of that and so it was very easy for me to recognize what didn't make me feel good and the sh- the crashes after sugar that happened and you know the stomach pain that I had after eating a Big Mac and french fries from McDonald's and so because I had this this great platform to uh compare it was so much easier for me to just be like I'm done with that stuff like I don't really doesn't but I had to I had to try it (laughs) yeah you definitely had to try it there's worse things that you could have binged on I'm sure um so you have a 12 year old son yes and so how have you created helped to assist his palate Hmm. Um, and have you received resistance or, <laughs> or do you do you uh, pin a note to him when he goes to birthday parties? I do not pin any notes to him, no. I definitely took some of the trauma from childhood and decided um, I was not going to pass it on. But, you know, a couple things. One, I do try to, um, you know, I've given him um, very healthy access to very healthy food from infancy on. And so he also developed these, I feel like he's developed these uh, preferences to healthy food. I've not been so strict like my mother because I felt like it polarized me in the opposite direction by being so restricted on what I could eat. I actually desired those foods that much more. So for him, um, you know, luckily enough, we have a a store here that has something like natural soda or M&Ms that don't have artificial coloring. And so he can sort of have these little treats um, with, you know, on a healthier version than what he would get at the convenience store. Uh, but still with the idea that um, it does contain sugar and sugar can have an effect on our bodies. And and as he's gotten older, I've been able to weave in the education, trying to do it without a feeling of guilt. Um, I don't want him to like feel bad if he eats something bad. I don't feel like that. I have this philosophy that it's healthier to eat a brownie and feel good about it than to eat um, a brownie and feel bad about it. <laughs> so I feel like our perception of our food also has a benefit to our health. Um, so I've created that for him. And 
have have done a lot of letting go as he's gotten older and he makes more and more of his own choices. I do understand that um, we do what we can when they're young and then there is this point where you just have to um, let them make their own choices and hope they navigate that world in you know, a healthy way and um, hope that the foundation that we've created for them is lasting enough that it'll make a difference. Well, I think what you've provided for him is an opportunity, like what you had was to feel good, to understand when it feels yes. good. And if you look back on some of our earlier podcasts, we did um, a podcast with a woman, Valerie Griffiths, and she is in the process of kind of converting her entire household to more plant-based eating. Mm -hmm. And um, her son, who is an athlete, she's she's really moving into this because he will go to sub, you know, they're on the bus and they're doing an away game and yep. he'll eat this stuff. And mm -hmm. so very similar, felt very similar. What you were just saying is that now that he's getting a little older, it's more of that mindful piece of like, not shaming him for eating what he's eating, but how do you feel now? Mm, like really yes. feel how you're feeling now. Mm -hmm. And so he knows how to feel good. Like your son knows what it feels good, yes. what that feels like. Yep. But it's also being so mindful. And this goes for everyone, adults, children, everyone. When you do indulge, not to feel bad about it, but notice how you feel. Mm -hmm. And is that how you want to feel? Right. Because it's a choice about yes. what we put in our bodies. It is. You're right. And so that if you have that craving of sugar, try, you know, a, a pure high level of cacao or a mm -hmm. dark, like an 85% dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we'll even um, sweeten it up a little bit with some nut butter mm -hmm. on it. You know, we're not above any of those things either. <laughs> but it's try, see see how that does, you yes. know, and it, it's, um, it's about creating that healthy gut biology, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know if you do teach any of that to people about the microbiology because I mean, that's yeah. just, that's so amazing when you start to look at it from a scientific level, what's right. going on in our bodies <laughs> yeah. and that we are outnumbered, like what, 10 to one, <laughs> like living yeah. organisms right. to ourselves. Yeah. And, um, and that if we're eating French fries, then we're creating French fry microbiome. Is <laughs> right. that correct? I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, but this is what I understand from just my self-education. Yeah. So do you educate the, the public on, on things like that? Is that an eye-opener for them? Or is that a little too deep for the, for the classes? Or? Well, it's interesting because I do, I do teach a class on, on cultured foods. And it's been really fun. I've taught it a few times to see people's reactions because there are some people who are like, this is so cool. And then there's other people who are like, I don't want to try that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to taste that. Like, there has been such a stigma against live foods, I mean, you know, raw milk being a prime example in our country and how, um, you know, over time the bacteria has gotten such a bad reputation that even through like an educational, like hands-on class of like, you know, making sauerkraut or kombucha or um, even a... Uh, um, and those things are easy to make. Yes. Yeah. Yogurt, things like that. But there's still this idea that bacteria is bad and I have had people who have signed up to take the class actually refuse to try anything from it. And, um, you know, it, it, timing is everything. And so I have this belief that like, you know what, sometime in their future, they might read something or see something or talk to somebody that might like bring home what they took in from that class and have them see it in a whole new way. But I do get both. You're right. It's, uh, it's, it's always it's always interesting, and I just to me it's all um, experience. So, <laughs> yeah, and the people who it's like somebody who will sign up for my yoga class and come in, and 
you know, I can see the frustration and they'll shake their head and maybe they walk out, mm-hmm. you know, at some point in the class. And, and instead of being like, oh my God, did I do something? Right. It's not that. It's no. That's how far their rock yep. skipped that day. Yep. That they were supposed to sign up for the class. They mm-hmm. were supposed to, to be um, exposed yeah. to this information. But yeah. that was all they, they then yeah. their bucket got full and they yeah. were done. You're right. I like that analogy. That's Yeah. Great. And then someday it's going to, it's going to, you know, come in. Mm-hmm. It's going to come in. Like you said earlier, the universe has a way to educate <laughs> us that sometimes it doesn't feel so good. Sometimes right. it's not enjoyable, it's not but it's clear. always, <laughs> yeah, it's always for our highest good. Mm-hmm. Always. All right, so I know we're kind of winding down our time here, but um, I just learned something very interesting about you, (laughs) that you are a barefoot hiker. So tell us about that. What is that all about? Well, it literally (laughs) involves not wearing shoes when I go hiking, um, but it stems from, my personal experience stems from, um, you know, from high school, maybe 17 years old, and I was um, in a pretty crazy time in my life and feeling very ungrounded and uh, all of a sudden realized that when I was walking on the earth without shoes that I felt more balanced and I felt more whole and I felt more centered and focused. And so I started hiking barefoot and going into the woods because nature itself, just being in the woods, is very connecting and grounding and healing itself. But adding that element of removing my shoes and actually having my skin touch the earth was so healing and therapeutic for me that I developed this um, desire to um, to do this. So I set my, you know, I grew up in the Adirondacks, so my goal, I was like, well, like, there's these 46 high peaks here that people hike all the time, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just do them barefoot, and so I started hiking the high peaks barefoot, and um, at the time, nobody had done it. I did kind of do a little investigation, and the idea of being, like, the first something was really, like, exciting for a teenager. Um, Needless to say, I moved away after high school and, you know, kind of came and went for a number of years, and in that time, uh, there was a man who came and did all the... 46 high peaks barefoot and left and um at first I was a little bit like frustrated about that because I was like I wanted to be the first and then somebody very practically mentioned that he was a man and I'm a woman and so I could still be the first woman and so it gave me this new like desire to uh to do it so I am the first and as far as I know the only woman who has hiked all 46 high peaks barefoot but that's just that was like the um, what I needed for momentum to accomplish this, but I hike as much as I can barefoot. And whenever I'm feeling imbalanced or um, depleted or even just a little bit uh, crazy, <laughs> I don't know, but going into the woods barefoot and taking a walk on the earth, whether it's for like 10 minutes or 12 days is is so therapeutic and healing that I wish more people would do it. I feel like it's one of the simplest ways that we can balance our bodies that um it 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 should be known and it should be celebrated and I feel like there's so many people who are like I can't do that and I'm like yes you can let's go and it's been I think very like liberating for people to to go for a walk in the woods with me barefoot and come back to their vehicle and be like wow like that wasn't that hard like that felt really good um so it is something I'm very passionate about (laughs) I think that's beautiful and one thing I've um learned about I mean literally we've been living in a tent and we're going to be living in a tent for for a few more months and um the one thing that I have realized one of the things that really stands out is how sterile Mm. our society is true yeah and I think that probably has a lot to do with us getting sick Mm -hmm. you know us uh, speaking generally 
and that it's okay to have, you know, dirty feet. And, and like, <laughs> especially people who are like, I eat like the cavemen. We do it like the cavemen. Well, the cavemen had dirty feet. <laughs> the cavemen was, they were sharing their energy with the cave and the cave sharing the energy with them. Yeah. And that's one thing I've loved about about this is, you know, setting up my mat <laughs> at the campsite and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's dirty and there's, you know, there's bugs all over me and my feet are dirty. <laughs> but you hold a spot with your eyes on a tree Hmm. that's you know 20 inches in diameter and there's something so powerful and connecting about that that it's really brought me back into our nature to Mm. be in nature that we've lost that we don't see the sunrise and we don't Mm. see the sunset and that you know we are recording this outside right now because you were (laughs) like I spend too much time in the office (laughs) you know like let's be outside let's hear the you know there's a brook right next to us and um you know the trees and the bugs and the birds and I'm just when we were in a hotel last week for the race and I it felt like all of that was being shut off yeah Yep. And I don't think I ever would have noticed that had I not been living outside for mm. the last month. Right. And I think it's so important, like what you touched upon, so important. Take your shoes off, connect with the earth, even if it's for 10 minutes, even if it's for five minutes, yep. even if it's to go outside, <laughs> stare right into the sun yeah. and take a breath. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. I feel like it's excessive. For many of us, it's more accessible than we realize. Yep. And it's something that we... Um, we we skirt away because we are addicted to this um, sterile society. Mm-hmm. But also, the, I think it's ultimate detachment because hmm. coming from an athlete's point of view, you know, where's the watch? Where's mm. where's the point where you're going? How much time you have to get there? Yeah, you know, that's you bring true. all these elements in when when what you're doing is just totally detaching, going for a walk, yeah. barefoot. In the woods. In the woods. (laughs) Yep. Simple as that. And I think we get so consumed. And part of that is, you know, we realize being in the hotel again, like it's just, it's all consuming, like it's in your face. And you're constantly looking at other people and measuring yourself to other people and other things and seeing what they're doing when all you do is just go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's and being ex- exposed to a television again in the hotel. Yeah. So we, our dream <laughs> is to live in a tiny house once we get out to California. Right. So of course we were like, I've, you know, falling asleep. I'm like, I've got to see which tiny house they pick, you know, <laughs> watching the tiny house hunters. And, um, but the commercials. Oh yeah. And so they're so jarring for me because we didn't have a television where we lived before anyway, mm-hmm. but now being completely unplugged out in the woods for yeah. so long, um, to come back in and see the um, the message that we are always in lack. Hmm. Yep. That um, we, we need, need this. More. <laughs> yeah, that we need this car, that we need more, and that um, we need these medications and because we're sick. Yeah. So this message is, um, it's like comes from it's like osmosis i mean it will get into you just being like you were saying everything is energy Mm -hmm. and it's not just the food you eat it's everything it's what you're watching on the television (laughs) it's turning off even if you're going to watch a show turn off the the commercials yeah or turn it turn off the volume in the least yeah and there's a lot of them yeah there's a lot of them (laughs) they're like every two minutes show you watch five ten minutes of a show and then it's right back to the commercials yeah it's it's shocking i'm the person who yells at the tv (laughs) during (laughs) commercials you would never want to watch tv with me because i can't like it's like i don't have a filter when it comes to like that's so stupid how can they be that's 
that's not true. You can't tell people that. I know, like, and and people are taking it in, and yes. and kids are sitting in front yes. of it, and they're and they're soaking it up. So it's not just the food that the kids are eating; no. it's everything that they're being exposed to. Right. And this is, you know, this is the future, and it's never too early to start the change, and it's nope. never too late to initiate it. Yep, I agree. And that um, health is not a. It's not a complexity that we don't have the uh, ability to understand. It Mm -hmm. is as simple as going outside and connecting with nature. You're right. Because we came into this earth, like (laughs) we came into this world, you know, naked Mm -hmm. and hungry (laughs) and, you know, needing love, right? And so we can just step outside and receive the energy of mm-hmm. just the all loving world that we live in, the earth, the nature, um, the birds, all of that stuff, it's all there for us. I know, it is. And I feel blessed enough to live in a place where it's so present. I uh, worked all day yesterday, left work last night, hiked into the woods about four miles, swam naked in a mountain stream, slept under the stars, hiked back out and showed up for work today, all barefoot. But just, the f- I, you know, as I'm hiking out today, I'm like, you know what, this is amazing. I can do this. Like this was my like after work, before work, like getaway. And yet I feel totally, I could have taken a week vacation. I felt totally rejuvenated. And so I do feel like even though we sacrifice a lot to live here, there is that, um, that piece that I think is one of the reasons why many people, if not most people, have chosen to live here is because we feel that connection and we desire that accessibility of it. It is a really um, powerful mm. place geographically. Mm-hmm. It's it's very, very powerful. It's, it's absolutely breathtaking. And if it didn't snow here, we would live here. <laughs> well, that might change. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get much last year. <laughs> so what is um, any future plans or visions for Green Goddess? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> would you like to share You're like, those? It, ju- it just keeps coming and I can't stop it. <laughs> right. I do feel like there is this, this um, universal guide that helps direct us and I feel feel like you know I'm really Tammy and I are really blessed to have each other and to to just uh, you know opportunities seem to find us and we are open to them and um, you know we do weigh each opportunity in a very like methodical and sort of logical way and you know emotionally and spiritual way as well um, so I am sure there are more directions for Green Goddess to go um, I don't necessarily want to list them because I feel like they are maybe some that we haven't even thought of yet Good. I like that. So one thing we always say is keep all channels open. Yes. And that I know that I just have to wake up every morning with an open heart Mm -hmm. and um, and do do everything I do for the greater good of all. Mm -hmm. And the opportunities that I am supposed to serve will come to me. Yeah. I believe that too. And that's exactly what's happened and that's one of the reasons why we're sitting across from each <laughs> yep. other right I agree. now. So we're I'm so grateful after all these years to be able to connect yeah, with you, you one too. on one. I this know. has been wonderful. It has been. I had no idea you guys did all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, I had no idea you did all this stuff too. You guys are it, Green Goddess is endless. It's way beyond the market. Um, yeah. and um, people can get you online on Facebook. Mm-hmm. What are your handles? Yep. All of them. Green Goddess. Oh, sorry. What are my no. handles? <laughs> Is that what it's called? GreenGoddessFoods.com. Thank you. Yes. And follow on Facebook, which I have a link on their website. Great. 
And if you were at the Ironman this past weekend, they had a booth set up as soon as you walked in. So for future Ironmans, please, please make a point to stop in at their store. And if you can't make it that far in the Ironman Village, please stop and taste <laughs> their food and smoothies. Thanks. It's phenomenal. <laughs> and so um, I always like to leave with, with one final question of if somebody is out there and they're just, they're not feeling good or they are affected, you know, by where they live, whether that's the weather or um, the ability to uh, afford food, um, what would be one thing that they could do every day? Mm. Holistically, so mm-hmm. think all yeah. the full spectrum. What's one thing that they could do every day just to start to live a more vibrant life? Mm. Well, I like to start with the breath because it's something that we all do and what's beautiful about the breath is that it's involuntary, meaning we don't think about it, but when we do think about it, it can have a powerful effect on our health and healing, and it's free, and it's always with us. So um, one thing somebody could do is start each day with uh, breathing, um, either deep breathing or even just focus on a positive thought and breathe with that thought for whether it's 10 seconds or five minutes or half an hour. Um, I feel like breath is one of our most powerful tools and it's free and it's accessible to all of us. And I don't think we could agree more. So thank you so much, Wendy. This was awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. All right, you guys, there you have it. Episode 18 of the YTP. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check back next Friday and every Friday after that for a new episode. I can't even tell you how ridiculously excited we are for what we've got in the queue. This Ride the High Vibe Tour, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time and may not understand why we are all over the country, it's because BJ, my partner in Yogi Triathlete, my co-host, my husband, my love and soul partner, are on a cross-country trek to raise awareness that living a more vibrant life is within reach for all. And what we're finding on this trek of purpose is that the universe has opened up a pathway and the people that are being brought to us to connect story through the podcast, it's just amazing. So we're in Asheville, North Carolina now. From here, we're going to Nashville and then we'll be in Louisville, Kentucky. BJ's racing Ironman Louisville on October 9th. But before we get there, you guys, every week we're going to be bringing you awesome guests. Keep tuned. Keep sharing the podcast and please go to iTunes, leave your review. You guys spread the love. All right. Like our guests are spreading with you every week. So until next time, ride the high vibe, you guys ride it, ride it, ride it.